Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel. I'm your host, Alice. I'm Alexis. And I am Captain Marvel. That's right. They brought her back. Once I get something nice, something rice, something rice, something nice for Anne. Good treat. Captain Marvel's back. We get to talk Captain Marvel this week. Sorry, am I spoiling it? We, I shouldn't. I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue your spiel. And today, it's the first week of the month, everybody. So we are joined by none other than Captain Comics himself, Evan Von Doom. How you doing, Evan? Hello, I'm back, and I'm very excited to talk about Captain Marvel and how weird she looked during that one issue she was in. Shut up, shut up, shut she up. She looked no, so no. bad. She looked so bad. Man, they did her man, so dirty. so bad, I didn't even recognize who she was. She looked like if someone tried to de-yassify Ella DeGeneres, who was already a person who was not <laughs> yassified in real life. I was like, what's happening? Never Listen, mind, nothing nice in this episode. Just I have pain. seen some bad mullets in my day, and this might be the worst. The worst. <laughs> You said, what if Tintin forgot to cut the fringe? <laughs> the Lord giveth with Carol and Jess, like holding hands and being approached as a couple. And the mm-hmm. Lord taketh away by giving Carol the worst mullet in the world. They look like they were looking at the, the character and saying, what if Captain Marvel was Steve Buscemi? What if we could like mix that <laughs> in here somewhere? And they went no! crazy with that. They did their best. Listen, just because Kelly Sujahank is like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna power this girl up. We're gonna make her. We're gonna make her an icon. We're gonna make her a star." Doesn't mean that everyone at Marvel was behind the changes. <laughs> they it took them a while to get with the program. And I'm not trying to like, even like shit out the artists. I think they did a great job throughout the rest of the issue and everything. But for some reason, Captain Marvel got hit with the ugliest, ugliest stick I've ever seen in my life. Just the biggest ugly stick. Mm-hmm. Is there a coincidence that happens after she gets pants? No. There's there's reasoning behind it. Jerome Pena called her a slur in these comics. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> no, it was representation. He said, listen, sometimes people take a minute to figure out their new identities. Sometimes they got a bad haircut and you just got to be their ally anyway. Let's talk about Black Swan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna make Evan do all sorts of bad things Evan's like I no. think those other planets could go she said that we should blow the planet and everyone was questioning I was like why are we questioning this she said do let's it. do it let's do it this is stupid why are we talking anymore <laughs> she's like an evil Sue Storm Reed that's like catnip yeah that's why Reed's always wanted to hang out with her he hangs out Reed's with her while he hangs out with his wife that's crazy Reed, Reed's down <laughs> in the basement like what's up evil wife what those men, today? those men, all share one exact brain cell, and she put a dog collar on the same on the same brain cell and just led them along. And they're like, <laughs> "Fuck, let's go." I guess there's no safe word. We're just going straight in. The safe word will be genocide. And if you haven't picked up from context clues, if you didn't see the title, we are continuing our coverage of Jonathan Hickman's Marvel saga. Last month, we finished with Fantastic Four episode four and today we are picking up that baton with avengers episode one over the course of the next five months we will be working our way through jonathan hickman's avengers and new avengers titles and then culminate with secret wars so alexis like we always do this is your first time with this run the rest of us have spent time with it what did you think I gotta be honest, right here at the front, I liked this week, it was fun reading, but I feel like I'm still 
I still have my claws dug so hard into the Fantastic Four that I don't know if I'm ready to give them up yet. It was a little bit rough this week. I was like, no, I don't want this star-spangled man in tight pants. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. I wasn't I wasn't quite ready for it. But I feel like this was a lot of interesting setup of things that I've never seen before. I feel like it was laying out the pieces of what's what we're going to get into with them for the next couple of months. So I'm pretty excited. I feel like it was a good stepping stone to start into the Avengers deep dive. So Lex, how did you approach Avengers one through six, new Avengers one through six? Did you do like every other? Did you just read them in chunks? I read them in chunks because I was unsure. Sorry. We should probably tell the audience which like what we actually read. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be smart. So we covered Avengers issue one through six from Jonathan Hickman's run in 2012. And then New Avengers 1 through 6, which began in 2013. Um, As we progress through these books, there will be times that you need to read back and forth every other issue, like Hickman did with FF Fantastic Four. But here, at the beginning, that's not as important. They're pretty separate Mm storylines right now. That's good. And that's kind of what I picked up on while I was reading, because I was a little unsure and I was too nervous to ask because of how far I had procrastinated reading it. Absolutely. And so I didn't want to clock myself, um, you know, as one does. But I did read them as chunks. Um, and I feel like I didn't miss anything. I feel like for the most part, obviously, there are very cohesive stories within their chunks. So um, I'm neutral at the moment. I don't hate it, but I'm excited to see where it goes. <laughs> Which did you prefer, the Avengers issues or the new Avengers issues? The new Avengers is the one with T'Challa, right? The one with mm-hmm. T'Challa and yeah. Reed and the Illuminati blown up planets. I liked that one more, I think. <sighs> Interesting. Anne, <laughs> what's your reaction to that? Let's Live and reaction. the girlies song. under the bus. <laughs> Lex, I can't believe hey, you do that to smash her. That she wanted to blow up planets. <laughs> Captain Universe will remember this. Oh. Um, hmm? Honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mention. To, Honorable mention. To Pi Space Mommy. Yes, I, exactly. I don't know. I just feel like the other one made me giggle a little bit with like, I don't know. It just seems so out of left field. All of a sudden, I'm like, why are we on Mars? Who are these people? Why are they bombing <laughs> The earth with strange little bug bombs. Like, what is this? Like, okay, we're jumping right in, I see. Mm -hmm. But Uh, I did read that chunk first. So that might be why. mm -hmm. I was like already in the mindset when I got to New Avengers. So I liked both of them. I liked all the characters. Okay, okay. I'm interested. Uh, I don't know why we're arguing between these two. And clearly the superior read of the week was the Mojo World specials that we had to to get through as well. (laughs) Painful. Painful. I, I mm-hmm. oof. I wanted to text Dallas and be like, "What the actual fuck <laughs> did I just read? What does this have to do with the topic? Why did this happen? Why was this on my reading list?" Confusion. No, so, I the thought thing. they were nice. Upset. <laughs> no. oh, look, look, look. I will stand alone on the hill. I thought it was a silly, goofy time. With right. two friends being silly out of place. and goofy. Out of place. For six issues? 
too <laughs> many were exactly short Evan. shoes. It didn't feel short. Sixty pages. Okay, okay. I will say they were goofy and silly. the The moment where um, Sam is like, "Let's give her B cups," lives eternally in my head. That's playing on repeat. Let's do something subversive. But give her B cups. I'm just gonna Funny say there's a, there is a reason that Jonathan Hickman doesn't write a lot of comedy. I think I think he knows his wheelhouse. He Damn. stays there. He does great. See, he writes really funny comedy when it's like very serious people making jokes. Like every time Namor says something, I laugh out loud. He is so funny. But Mojo World is like, uh, it's just like very yeah. slapstick. It's very wild and over the place. And there was like one issue I did like where they were trying to get um, Mojo laid. I thought that was funny. And then Electra just tries to kill him. I was like, this yeah. is a good like joke. This but is good. Around that, I was like, all right, I only need to see this for maybe if it was spread out monthly, like how it got released, I'm assuming. I'd probably be like more into it, but since I had to binge it before reading like something I far, far, far more was looking forward to, the whole time I was just kind of like dragging my feet through it. Don't it doesn't hit it doesn't hit better if you read it at the end. <laughs> I read it after right. I read everything. I Honestly, was it probably was worse. At yeah, the end. Worse, I was like, what is this? Why do I have to read this? Although I, I gotta not. be, I gotta be honest. I'm so mad because Mojo is the villain that Marvel that Marvel Studios has been trying to make their villain for like the last eight movies. He is just that guy. He is the comical, whimsical guy who is 1,000% voiced by, like, Bill Murphy. That's it. That is that is Mojo World. I, they, they, once, they hit, once they get there, they're going to be in their wheelhouse. They're going to give it to Taika Waititi. Perfect. No notes. 1,000% done. And it means I don't have to watch it. <laughs> I just think it's really funny that Anne hates Mojo, who was invented by Anne Nascenti as a scathing critique of... America's addiction to content. It was an incredibly prescient would, story mm-hmm. from the eighties. Yeah. I would like to, to go on. I would like to go off that for a second that. and That's say very specifically, I don't hate him. I hate Hickman and him. Yeah, let's get it clear. Yeah, yeah. I love that idea of Mojo World. I love Spiral. Who doesn't love Spiral? She has like She's seven arms. That's awesome. So cool. <laughs> such a baddie. Underutilized for sure. But <laughs> This sucked. This wasn't fun. This wasn't to, imply, to imply that I would dare slight the great Anne Nashenti, I cannot believe. Un- unfair. Unfair, good sir. When they but did in, Civil War as a period piece, that was a little that, bit funny. It was a little bit funny. Yeah, I like the moment where there. Tony Stark was trying to give character notes. He's like, I don't think my character would do this. <laughs> And then the the awkward moment at the end where they're like, I smell a sequel, and then it actually happened five years later. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just as bad as anything they could have produced on Mojo World. Well, actually, it happened before five years later because there was a Secret War spinoff called Civil War that took place on an alternate Earth uh, during the Battle World section of uh, Secret Wars. My God. It was oh, really actually, good, actually. That wasn't a Civil War two. That was just an extension of the first Civil War. Uh, actually, the first it was never really ended. Of the first one. So it was, if anything, it was like Evil Dead two. If there is a requel, you know what that is—a remake sequel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is. I, I've seen <laughs> Evil Dead two, Evan, and I've seen Scream two, where they describe it. You saw what two? <laughs> they talk about Creed requels. Two? Creed I two. Said Scream two. <laughs> <laughs> I said Creed too. I was like, I was at a requel. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I not pronunciate enunciate enough for you, Evan? I'm so Actually, sorry. Actually, it's hydroflora. I don't know. 
Wait, what's that Jimmy Neutron thing he says? Where he's tricked, he's, he's like about salt. Remember that episode of Jimmy Neutron? <laughs> he's, he's, I can't remember the chemical called Sodium chloride. Sodium chloride. There and he's go. just like, this, too, I got well, you. This, this needs more sodium chloride. And the guy who's working at the Burke, he's like, dude, that's salt. He's like, that's what I said. Sodium chloride. He's like, salt. And they go back and forth like that. I thought it was the funniest thing. I mean, that's how I feel on this podcast. They'll say something <laughs> like, these bitches, that's salt. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Evan, you're, you're, Jimmy Neutron could use some work, but the other guy was spot on, actually. I could close mm-hmm. my eyes and picture him. I saw him. Thank you. You took Thank me back to time. that moment. Thank you. Many people say I'm an artor. Some people will say I'm a prophet. Uh, some people call me a space mm-hmm. cowboy. That's me. I go by a lot of things, you know. What were we talking about? Rambler, gambler. True. Jokers, all of you. I know when to fold them. Know when to hold them. <laughs> know when to die in my sleep. The whole He's time. even gone down to Georgia. Yeah. The we just did three different songs in a row. Holy shit. That's right. Wait for me. I'm coming. Wait for me. Four songs. <laughs> we should go to Mojo oh, World no. and pitch. Lexi, these. throw a song. Pick a song. Oh. <laughs> any song? Oh no! Oh no! Okay. Anyone else have anything to say about Mojo World, or can we? Can we just, <laughs> can we just drop it and forget yeah. it and run away? We can I'd move really, on. Yeah, I would literally rather talk about anything on. else. I was watching Schmickadoo yesterday. We could talk about that instead. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas, I'm glad you liked Mojo World. I'm glad it was for you. That's very cool, and I'm happy. I feel like you. that makes it seem like I'm the biggest <laughs> Mojo World fan in the world. <laughs> No, it was like I mean, you don't have just, to. This is just nice. And you're like, you I'm glad it was for you, dumbass. Like I just thought it was nice. I didn't take my <laughs> hater pills this morning. Now you got to make me feel silly. Read <laughs> something you hate. And you're like, oh god, at least Dallas is gonna like this. Perfect. <laughs> I want that to be every single person's reaction to every Tom King comic they don't like, because you all buy them and hate read them anyway. So if you're gonna do that, at least be like. I bet Dallas is loving this. <laughs> Find that little spark of joy in your heart. Yeah, that silver lining. That that silly, whimsical man is loving it. Mm. Yeah. Hey, well, all right, that's... Things. Exactly. That's everything for us from the Comics Collective this week. Join us next week. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so, short time talking real comics today. Okay. <laughs> We want to talk about right. Avengers first or New Avengers? How are we going to do this? Mm. I prefer New Avengers, so I'd rather talk about that last. <gasps> okay. okay, let's talk about Avengers. <sighs> okay. I decision. love it. I love mm. the first three issues of Avengers specifically with mm. X-Nilo, Mars. Jonathan Hickman loves a Mars moment. He loves just wackadoodle things. I think he writes one of my favorite versions of Captain America. Like, every time Jonathan Hickman's Captain America straps up and is like, I got a speech to give, that speech hits me. I love that on the first page of this, the very first line of Avengers Jonathan Hickman writes is previously on Avengers, which, I mean, I feel like it's this great metatextual looping you in on the nature of comics. Like there have been Avengers stories before this. We are perpetually telling comic stories in the middle of their story. And he just embraces that and launches you right into the action. He's like, Mm -hmm. you know who the Avengers are. You know what they do. You know, they save the world. I don't have to tell you all that. Here's the situation that they're going to be saving the world from. And it's just great. 
I love the introduction of the new team. I think it's really brilliant to have the first issue be centered around the movies team because the movie had just come out when this was released and have them get their asses whooped. So then you can meet all the new crazy Avengers Mm -hmm. that Hickman's going to play with for the run. I think this is one of the best single issues of Avengers comics of all time. I agree. I really like the first three issues. I think I prefer the second three issues, though. Mm -hmm. I don't have, there's not like a big difference between quality of any of it. It's all very fun and all very good. And it's all pretty much set up. But I just like getting introduced to new characters. And I love Hyperion. And I know what his arc is for this run. So I was very excited to see or be reminded of where he started off so I can remember where he goes. So really excited about that. Um, I don't know how I feel about Captain Universe, but I do like her conversation with Shang-Chi and them conversing and uh, learning more about her. And then who was the other person that was the... Oh, Adam Smasher. Adam Smasher is a character I remember not liking when I was first reading Avengers, but I really like her in this issue. I think I just have like, I had biases against her because I just didn't like, actually, this might be a spoiler. Never mind. Uh, There's uh, some matchmaking that happens later that I wasn't a big fan of uh, involving Adam Smasher. So I was kind of like, why are we doing this? Are we just forcing this to happen just to happen? And it very much for me felt like in the same vein of what we had with Val and Bentley in the Fantastic Four, where I was like, are we just doing this just to have a little like romance here? We could pick more compatible people or more interesting couples, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But they're, like, it's, she's still a great character. And uh, I, this definitely, this issue for sure was a great reminder of that. I also really like the similarities between her and Hyperion's story and how much they re- they feel similar to Superman's story. So you're kind of like mm-hmm. both of them jumping into like, like with her, she's basically starting in Smallville. With him, he's starting, you know, with Krypton and there's like different parallels with that. So it was really cool to see all that uh, come together and interesting to see just how Hyperion thinks as a character. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up that that relationship that happens with Smasher later because that's also kind of just a, it, it exists relationship for me. It's like Carol and Rhodey where it's like, it happens because the writer said it happened and you just got to go with it. There's, there's relationships in comics that I love seeing build up and then there's the ones that just are and I have so much more fun with the ones that I actually get to see get built up. But if you're here to see a lot of intricate character work happening in between the pages, Hickman's Avengers is not going to be for you. It has its moments scattered throughout. These the, the second half, those three character issues are some of my favorites too because I like when Hickman actually gets to focus on a character and show us how they actually play into this larger picture. But I feel like the further along we get in this run, there's going to be a lot more big picture building, which is fun in its own right. But I'm very much a character person when it comes to comics. I like my character work. I like my character development. If I'm sure we'll talk about it so much more as we go further on. But that is my has always been my one critique of the Hickman Avengers is I wish we got so much more of these characters because this is my this is one of the best Avengers rosters I've ever seen in my life. I love that we get our issue one starts off with like here's your scoop here's your three scoops of vanilla ice cream you're gonna down that and now i'm gonna show you some real shit (laughs) turn the page (laughs) i got all the best flavors it's gonna be fantastic but you know we get there issue three is my favorite because we get to see all those characters in action and yeah i love i love a big boisterous and noisy superhero team it is a blast I also think that these are some really fun new villains. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to make a new villain that sticks. And I mean, I really like 
Ex Nihilo. Aleph was really cool. Void was really cool. Like that little triumvirate of villains is very memorable to me. It might just be that they were there when I was very first getting into comics. So they just live in my heart a little bit. Mm. But I feel like I understand their motives. I feel like they have fun and distinct personalities. And they serve as a believable, powerful antagonist to the Avengers. Like the conflict does not feel forced, Mm -hmm. which is very cool. Yeah. And it's also like a very good stepping stone, I think, for anyone getting into Avengers to see the kind of scope that Hickman's building to. Because like you were saying earlier, they start with the the core of five or six, five or six from like the movie synergy. So you have those characters, you see them get washed and then Captain America has to build up a new team of a bunch of powerhouses and everyone he could think of that will fit on the team well. So you get like a, a quick introduction and see how a bigger, better idea of the Avengers could operate outside of like the smaller ones that most people coming into the Avengers at the time, especially if they were new, were probably accustomed to. So I thought that was really smart. And it did lead to a lot of like cool mashups and introductions. Mm-hmm. I also, sorry, just to jump. I really like that this sets up the Avengers very early on as it's Tony's idea, but this is Cap's book. I love seeing, I love following him as we go through this. But Lexi, we've talked a lot. What did you think about this roster of Avengers and these this set of issues? I personally think it I think it was really really fun I love the fact that I am going to be introduced to so many new characters that I've never experienced before like Evan already mentioned um Hyperion which I don't know why but his origin story bits that we got super intrigued me like I'm really excited to see where he's gonna go Mm -hmm. um especially with those little like zebra babies that popped up at the end there I was like what are you little strange children um Hickman loves a strange children moment. <laughs> that is true. I love the, the strange children. The zebra babies. I was getting the Maloids feeling from the zebra babies. I was like, oh, hello, you. But <laughs> no, I I feel like this is going to be really, really fun. Um, I definitely do agree with Dallas that the first three issues were very fun. Um, I loved like the getting the crew together type of scenes. They were really fun, like going and hunting down like Wolverine and like Carol and um, Jessica and just those panels were super interesting to me. I thought they were fun. You got introduced to Hickman's favorite boys, Sunspot and Cannonball, Lex. What do you think of them? I think that they were fun. I mean, I definitely, they were, they definitely stood out. I was like, oh, I don't know who you are, but I guess I'll find out. (laughs) Like, so I... Yeah, I'm really excited to see where all of the new characters are going to go. I think it'll be fun. I love those little traders being like, we can just quit the X-Men. We don't have to keep <laughs> yeah, taking like, L's. Cool. We can yeah. switch. We can switch. When he was just like, it was Captain America on the phone. and go, oh, okay, then we're going to go. Pack up your drink. Take your little <laughs> umbrella. Let's go. I also love Manifold. Hickman created Manifold, right? Not in this run, but in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm like 90% sure Hickman created Manifold. I believe you, but I had no idea. I assume he was like an obscure character that he was brought back. I like that character a lot. So it's fun to see him. I mean, yeah, like you said, issue three with everybody using their powers to defeat the big bads. You see the new team come together. It's great. Especially with this coming off of Bendis' new Avengers, which had already kind of done the we're going to shake up the Avengers lineup 
to then get to see how Hickman shakes up an Avengers lineup is really great because I mean, Twitter doesn't ever really talk about it, but like Bendis's Avengers was a huge deal. And I still have a lot of fondness, especially for those first 12 issues of that run. I think they're some of the best Avengers comics of all time. Yeah. So this is probably my favorite Avengers run, the Hickman one. But I don't know. There's something about the Avengers that just makes them very fun to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, the Avengers always feels great when it's a family of people. And so for like Bendis's run in particular, that's my favorite because... Well, one, I grew up with that one specifically, but also um, it's the one where they feel like very much a family, like a found family that comes together to solve problems. Uh, and this like so far, it's not there yet, but you can already see like the strings of how these people are learning to like live with each other and communicate together and everything. So I love those type type of stories where it's just like people being thrown together from different walks of life and having to like learn how to coexist and like trust each other. I think it's very interesting juxtaposing Avengers, New Avengers, and Fantastic Four to see Hickman exploring the idea of how a few men can create the good society, right? Like that seems to be the main question he is exploring in his works is, are can people create utopia? And his answer so far tends to be no, they cannot. And the kind of people that want to put themselves at the top, that want to be the ones that make utopia, are usually the people you do not want at the top. Yeah. And so I think what makes this book so heartbreaking is the reveal at the end of New Avengers issue three, that this plan that Tony sets up with Cap is just to keep Cap busy. Like this whole idea of the Avengers world, this whole like, we have to do something different. We have to do something amazing is just Tony Reed and T'Challa being like, hey, Cap, want to go play with your friends over to the side (laughs) while we take on the real problem? And it just breaks your heart. Because if there is one person who you think could lead everyone to that good society, it would be Steve Rogers. But he's hamstrung Mm -hmm. from the beginning by the people he cares about most. And I like... um... And there's a lot of foreshadowing in this and a lot of like repetition. Like I like mentioned during Fantastic, like the first Fantastic Four uh, run for Hickman that I noticed the everything dies line that was said during that. And that comes Mm -hmm. up again. And then you see, um, not to spoil anything, but there's something that said, like they say time runs out pretty early on in this and that'll come up again. And the thing I love, and it's my favorite. This is the, I love, overall, I love New Avengers more than the overall Avengers run for this. And the Avengers run specifically takes a big turn at one point um, that I won't get into, but I do love the one, the, sorry, I'm getting a little rambly, but uh, there's the final issue of Avengers is so strong before uh, it ends that uh, it's really cool to see it set up here with the line. Uh, one of one, we're talking about Tony Stark and Captain America. It says one is life and one is death. And that comes up again at like the final issue. And for me, that was like a big, like, oh, shit. Like, this is where it starts type of moment. So I'm really excited about to talk about that issue very obviously. <laughs> like, that's, that issue is, for me, what Reboot was in Invincible for me, where I think I was the only one who, like, loved, loved, loved it. And I, like, could talk about it all day. But I just love all the motifs and, like, the progressive reusing and relabeling and revisioning of the different 
words like time runs out like what does it mean now versus then versus then and so on i love that so do we want to talk about the single issues for each of the people we mentioned them do we want to move on to new avengers what do we think um we can talk about them briefly i think my favorite remains the smasher issue just because i really like smasher as a character I love giving, um, I love the Shi'ar. If there's one thing, I've, I've come around on them a lot. And I think it's a really interesting, complicated society that I love seeing outside of X-Men comics because I feel like that's when they really get to, to shine. And it's just, one of the things I really like that Hickman does here is he builds up a mythology in the Marvel Universe in a way that I don't feel has been done at this scale before. And it's something I really like that the DC universe has where I'm like, if I can get really nerdy about one thing, it's like the, the history of the DC universe and just how it came to be getting to see that built up here on the Marvel side and the foreshadowing of things to come. It's really, really fun. I love when a comic universe feels like a universe that's lived in and has all these different moving parts. And it's so, so great. So fun. Love Smasher. Lex. Did you remember these Shi'ar from Dark Phoenix Saga and uh, Jane Foster Thor? And like, were you like, oh, I remember these guys? Or were they just kind of new faces again? Because I find for me, sometimes I will, like an actor will be in a movie and I'll be like, I had no idea that person was in there. Because until I see a role that finally makes me notice them. And then I all of a sudden realize they've been in everything I've ever seen a million times. That's for sure how this was. I literally didn't even realize it was them until Anne just said it. And I was like, oh, son of a bitch, I know them. <laughs> like, we have read them before. So, yeah, there was there were a little bit of a surprise in there. I, I liked it. They were fun. But, yeah, I did not recognize those son, those son of a guns at all. <laughs> I loved the Hyperion issue. I did, too. Talk to me about it, Lex. I I don't know. I feel like just, well, a little bit of context. I mean, everybody knows we've been reading a lot of Superman recently, and I don't know what it is about some big tough man with laser beam eyeballs and a cape flying around, but I I like him so far. I'm nervous because Evan says things happen with him, but I don't know if it's a good nervous. <laughs> so I guess we'll find out, but... From what I found, I think his backstory is very interesting. I love the thought of like the raising the little boy from the crater type of thing. I thought that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the commentary of like the two Hyperions, like I find that also very intriguing. So I feel like I was grabbed a little bit harder by that story than the other kind of standalone ones. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think as a story, the Adam Smasher one works the best as a self-contained one-shot where someone can just pick up, read it, and be done forever if they want it to be. But the Hyperion one, I agree, I think is my favorite. I think it's also because I love the character already. Like, I've seen multiple versions of him already and his world. He comes from this team called Squadron Supreme, which is an alternate universe without the Avengers who um, are good guys that eventually accidentally become fascists. And sometimes they're <laughs> fascist for a good reason, quote unquote. Accidental fascism. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, oh, the best way to, you know, police the world is just to be like, you know, very 
all over it, like just massive police force, right? So that's what they do. And then they create this utopia, but it's just a super fascist regime where freedom is like actually super limited. So it's like, and sometimes they raise the question of if that's a good thing or not. People would argue they do that in the old comics. I don't agree with that. I think in the old comics, they kind of say it's a good thing. But uh, in newer, newer comics, especially during, um, oh shoot, I think JMD writes the 2006 Squadron Supreme series. But that's what I'm most familiar with. And they make it very much a commentary on like American imperialism and everything. Um, which, so Dallas, you'd be interested in that. Um, and Nighthawk is really cool because he's uh, he's black, but he's racist towards white people. So that was, it's interesting. It's not something I co-sign totally, but uh, you know, he's he is cool at the very least. So mm-hmm. white people could like Punisher, I could like Nighthawk. Um, <laughs> I say as like a huge Punisher fan. I was gonna say <laughs> playing both sides there, Evans. Punisher's number one fan. <laughs> I'm joking around, everybody. But yeah, so I, I like Hyperion. I kind of like it was nice to see uh, Hickman incorporate him into this and comment on uh, how, like you know, growing up in a, basically a fascist society and like running that kind of thing really kind of changes who he is as a character. He's not able to really emphasize with the people of earth because of his upbringing in the same way that, you know, he kind of wants to or presents himself to be able to. And you kind of see that when the kids being like taken away from the police officer and the kids like kind of reaching out to Hyperion for like, thank you. And Hyperion's kind of looking down, like, get the fuck away. You disgusting. What the hell? Don't you touch me. And like walks away. He doesn't say that, but he walks away. So, um, so that's, like I said, this is like the, a start of his arc. I didn't mean to worry you, Lexi. I'm not going to say anything good or bad happens with him, but he does okay. have one of the most powerful moments in the entire series. Mm-hmm. If that makes you okay. Well, uh, that makes me excited that there will be a continuation of that character. Yes. Yeah. And he's at least one of like the... two issues. Oh. <laughs> at least. One of the only characters in the series that gets his own spinoff later. So... That could I, be. Oh, weird. yeah, that's true. Yeah, he gets two technically because he gets uh, they do a spinoff with Hyperion and then one with Squadron Supreme. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I and one with Nighthawk. Sorry, go ahead. Really <laughs> interesting to incorporate him into this team then. If what you're saying is he comes from a team of quote unquote good fascists, because I think that's like one of the underlying themes of this Avengers is can you create something good? out of a totalitarian authoritarian government and Mm -hmm. i think the answer is no i think that jonathan hickman also thinks the answer is no but i think there is that instinct within especially world governments i mean if you accept that a government is something that you want there will inherently come the question should that government be authoritarian if it has perfect motives right and that seems to be what this book wants to be about and so it's interesting to loop in this character that already has had that conversation as kind of a signpost for i want you to watch this book and ask yourself if all these very good people are actually doing a good thing or a bad thing making this an avengers world right and it's no secret that jonathan hickman is a massive fan of dune and all of his books are a little bit like, hmm, I've also read Dune. And <laughs> this this question of good people becoming something that is no longer good on like the path of the best intentions is very much something that's explored in Dune. So yeah. I don't know. It's fun. And it kind of 
builds up into new Avengers where we're kind of asking the question of like, how far are we willing to go in order to save basically everything? Like, and for the answer for like Steve Rogers answers is, uh, I, there's a limit to how far I will go. Like we will fight to the very end. If we die fighting, it's better than destroying who we are, like in our principles. And the other Illuminati members are saying, you know, well, like they all have their different reasons to Charles. Like I have a nation to think of. Everyone else is kind of like, I don't want to die or I have like, you know, the world to think of. So it kind of comes to the question of like, is it okay or how much is okay to do before we kind of destroy who we are in the preservation of like everything else. You know, it's a very scary question that we have to, you know, in our own sides, we have to ask ourselves that a lot of times, but I'm not sure if this gives an answer yet. It's so interesting after reading the fantastic four run where Reed chooses to not be a part of a society like this to then see him when it's his friends when it's people he knows, when it's his home, he ends up making the decision that he didn't make back yeah. in Fantastic Four, you know? And so, listener, if just as a quick recap, New Avengers follows a team called the Illuminati that is a concept Bendis established in his Avengers run of a few of the big smarty pants superheroes in the Marvel Universe all coming together to secretly run the world and keep it safe from more high concept threats. And the more high concept threat this time is the fact that the multiverse is dying. And as those universes end and collapse, they create something called incursion points where earth hits into a parallel earth, destroying both universes. Unless one of those Earths destroys the other before the collision. And so the new Avengers are faced with the moral conundrum. Do they go and destroy those other Earths to keep their own safe? And that is at the center of this entire 33-issue new Avengers run, going on in the background while Captain America is fighting more classic Avengers threats in the larger Avengers book. Also, as a quick nerd fun fact, this is actually the third Illuminati grouping. There was a second Illuminati grouping uh, after uh, the Skrull invasion during Secret Invasion, where Norman Osborn takes over uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and basically gets to make his own Avengers and everything. So he makes his own Illuminati called the Cabal. And fun fact about that, Namor was on that one. So he's the only Illuminati member to be on all three iterations of the Illuminati. Get you which, a man who can do both. Which is crazy because he's the only man who is out of place in this room. Everyone else has a reason <laughs> to be here. Namor's just here because he's a bitch and we need drama. That is the only reason that Fishman is in this room right now. They're like, you don't play well with Chichala, so you can stick around. We like it. We need to feed on that <laughs> drama a little bit. We're going to suck at its teat. That is the well, only no, reason. He is there because he has one or he had mm-hmm. one of the gemstones. Yeah, but the only reason he had it to begin with is because we needed drama. And so that's why Bendis brought him in. It's the only But Black Panther wasn't on the team at the time. He is Listen. He didn't want to join the first Illuminati group. Bendis yeah. had foresight, profit. Ben- oh yeah, Bendis, Bendis, is- <laughs> Bendis is Black Panther had morals. Hickman's not so much. Not true. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying if you're in a room with Tony Stark, 
um, Reed Richards and Beast and your Namor, you got to be asking yourself, why am I here? What is yeah. life? How'd I get this invitation? Was this going to someone else? Did I just intercept it in the Atlantic? Probably. You Did I just invite be- myself? Because I heard there were sexy people getting together. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you got to be asking yourself, Sue's got to be home alone right now, doesn't she? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what am I Loser. doing here? Loser behavior, Namor. Actually. Lex, what did you think of the incursions? I mean, this is where the MCU is going, right? So this mm-hmm. is something that you have some thoughts about. This is where this comes from, is this book. It actually was kind of shocking. I wish I would have wrote it down because there were definitely moments where I was like, oh, this is where they got their content for these movies. But only sometimes. <laughs> like they like to cherry pick where they get their stuff from. I wish I would have wrote down what part it was I was reading that I was like, oh, this is a movie. I, I'm reading the movie on the paper right now. But I think it's very it's a very interesting concept. I feel like something that I hope is handled better than what has been handled in the movie so far. I feel like this is a concept that people could get if it was put on a nice platter and shown to them the right way. Because I get into these very funny conversations with like, I mean, let's just use my parents as an example. They're like, we used to love these movies. We used to love going and watching the Marvel movies. Now that's, they're like, we don't know what the hell's going on ever. <laughs> like we're so confused. You feel like you have to watch every single side story of, to even get a little shrivel of what you're supposed to know. And I feel like with the actual comic, it was laid out in a way that was very easy to understand as to what was going on. And I don't know if that's just, I mean, obviously the way that it's supposed to happen because it was written in a comic form and now it's being made into these big movies with too many opinions. But um, I don't know. I feel like it was definitely gone about a better way in the comics. I liked it much more here than I do so far in the movies that's being done. If that makes sense. That was a little like circle of where I was getting to my point there. (laughs) I like it. So do you like the big concepts? Because I feel like I do. We should have a discussion as a group about the Hickman approach. Because like, Mm -hmm. Anne, I know you love a character moment. Mm -hmm. Lex, you love a big picture. I want us all to talk a little bit about Hickman's Avengers for me is like the patron saint of the big picture superhero comic. Yeah. And so Lex, you can go first, but then I, I want us all to talk about that. Well, no, I mean, I definitely agree with you. Like, I feel like there, of course is always, I can always appreciate a good character moment. Like, I mean, we just talked about how the mini panels and, issues of the characters that we're getting introduced to with the Avengers run were so fun. But I also feel like this is the type of thing I I don't know, like I kind of expect from a comic. And I don't know if that's just like my own little naive way of thinking, but I'm like, if we're going to go big, we might as well go big, everybody. You know, like let's loop in all of these parallel universes that are going to come and smash into each other. And let's have the moral dilemma of like, well, evil Sue Storm, who's locked in the basement, said we should blow up this planet. So I think we should. Are we surprised? No. 
I would do anything that woman told me to do. But I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's exciting. It's high stakes. It makes you sit on the edge of your seat, which it's great. I get both sides, though. Mm-hmm. I think seeing, like, the new Avengers cook away, it does a fantastic job bringing up some of the highest stakes I think I've seen in any comic in modern times. I think it is the closest the Marvel Universe has gotten to full obliteration since the original Infinity Gauntlet saga. It puts the heroes in a place where there's no right answer, no good way to win. And it's really interesting to see this group play out that thinks they know better than everyone else, that they will do better than everyone else, just fail in all these different ways where it's like they continuously succeed downwards if that makes sense they keep getting lucky they keep bumbling through this thing and it is just it keeps you on your toes the entire time and i think it does a great job at that but it i do admit that sometimes during this run it gets to the part where i'm like i wonder if the vision is too big for what we can fit in the pages of a comic there's it's one of the only times i feel like we are right there at the precipice. We were like right at the line of getting through everything that we can possibly get through and making sure that it lands the way it should. There in Hickman comics, there are always sacrifices that have to be made. You either focus on the big or the small and the best Hickman comics are when they find that middle ground, but it's the ones where they make that intentional sacrifice to play one way or the other, where I feel like it's, it really tests the limits of what a comic can do. I think uh, I am a big character guy, so I will always prefer character over big, bombastic world building. I think Hickman does a good job of balancing that a lot of the times. With Fantastic Four, we saw a few times where he specifically went into world building for a specific issue. Things like, all right, back to the characters and then back and forth like that, which mm-hmm. is kind of worked, but also for me, it was a little bit you know, not as smooth as it could have been. I think what makes New Avengers, so far at least, almost perfect is that he does world building in a way that centers around the character interactions. So the whole time we're watching these characters go through these big revelations together and interact together, we watch them fight amongst themselves. And those are the big dramatic moments that progress the story forward, while the world building stuff is a part of it, but is revealed through their own actions. So they progress the story forward. Like something, there's a big catalyst that's doomed to happen. You know, the incursions have to happen. They're going to happen. But what's more important to the story is how they're dealing with it. And so with the story focusing on those character moments, they're able to then build out the world from those interactions. So I think New Avengers so far is the perfect middle ground of that. I think uh, Avengers is doing that also really well, but they also just have so many different moving pieces that I think Avengers kind of gets lost in the sauce sometimes. So they had to take like three issues just to be like, all right, who are these characters, by the way? Hyperion you've probably never heard of. So let's talk about him. Outsmashers and Captain Universe are new and kind of new. So we'll talk about those. And also we introduced like a totally new villain. So let's talk about that too. So that's that's that, that would be my stance on Hickman so far. I like it. Something that I return to a lot is Scott McCloud in Understanding Comics says that you get to have either 
a complex world and story or complex characters. And I think what is so fun about Avengers New Avengers is that each of those books is one of those approaches. New Avengers is very complex characters. Avengers is a very complex plot. And the power of having both of those running at the same time and running towards each other is that ultimately the tapestry gives you both in a way that one book never could. So I am a huge fan of this run of Avengers. I think it is my personal favorite thing that Hickman has done. House of X Powers of Ten is like my peak Hickman, but I get so grumpy when I think about the rest of how Krakoa went after that, that it's a little sullied, whereas this crescendoing in Secret Wars is perfect. It is perfect. Like this played a big part in me getting super addicted to comic books when I did. My first trip ever to the comic book store, I picked up an issue of Infinity Number 1, which we'll get to in our third Avengers episode. And I didn't know what the hell was going on, but I loved it. And I went back, and then they had Infinity 2, 3, and 4 on the shelves as well. And Infinity 1, the second printing, which had a different cover. So I got tricked into buying it again because I went, wait, this one has a different cover. And then I went, ah, same comic because I was learning. But that's what made me get a monthly pull list. That Superior Spider-Man and Snyder's Batman. And so this is something that it feels like coming home to read these issues again. And I'm also very curious if I ever went back and read some of these. Because like I know I did some, but others like... I very much had a, eh, this is where I'm starting, onward and forward, about a lot of this stuff. So it'll be fun to see. Like, I had no recollection of that Hyperion issue at all. So some of this is untilled ground for me, too, which is very fun. What do we think, to go off that, what do we think about just something about us reading the entire Hickman saga the character specifically of Reed Richards switching from Fantastic Four into the series. My boy, look at how they massacred my boy. Because I was thinking it's a really fun point about how a lot of the Hickman's Fantastic Four is Reed Richards being like, okay, okay, maybe I can't do everything on my own. Maybe sometimes I need my family. But then as soon as some shit hits the fan, he's like, I understand. I've learned my lesson. He's I'm like, going to yeah, gather my kids. boys <laughs> and together me, me and the fellas are going to do some genocide. And it's like, no, Reed, you haven't learned shit. <laughs> Reed. There is just, nothing. If Sue and Valeria were in this room, they would have figured the shit out. There is nothing a good woman can do that a group of nefarious men can't undo. That is the thesis of this book. So true. <laughs> Especially if I've Namor re- has been on all three of those groups. <laughs> You'll tell yourself, I really think we're in progress with Namor. Meanwhile, he's got a little bitch named Tony Stark in his ear like, come on. Do it. Be evil. Oh my gosh. You invited Captain Warcrime into your secret club and <laughs> you're shocked that you war crimes? I, to be fair, I think I think they are the ones that make him Captain Warcrime. <laughs> I think this is where it starts. I'm trying to think like before this we only had like new X-Men where he was kind of weird but he wasn't doing anything like war criminally. And now he's genociding worlds. <laughs> and then after this, he's like fucking up. He kills the, t- I don't know. Actually, you guys are never going to read uh, 
all new X-Men, but he kills time at one point. He like he's responsible for killing the personification of time. He breaks it. I didn't even when, know that was possible. No one did until he did it. He just did it. <laughs> when the insane. Watcher shows up to tell Beast he ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. All new X-Men rules, by the way, Evan. I'm a shooter for that run. Oh, thank you. I like it a lot, too. People hated it. I was like, I'm in a great time. I don't give a shit. Yo, Bennett's <laughs> number one with a bullet. Yeah. Nah, we... Listen, we can start a whole third podcast, Evan, called the Bendis Pod, <laughs> where we The Bendis go, Boys. The Bendis Boys, where we go back and say... Actually, those incredibly popular comics that just get a little bit of heat now, even though they sold millions, were good. Actually, Civil War II was good for three issues. And that's my hot take of the day. Jesus Christ. That's right, all three issues. (laughs) How many issues is that? Six? I'm going to stick with three. (laughs) Oh my God. I need a minute. You broke Anne, Evan. You broke her. That Captain Marvel... Evil. <laughs> I'm leaving the podcast. I'm leaving the call. Lex. She didn't come back from that mullet. Hmm? What'd you think of Black Swan? Very intriguing. Also, I felt so seen by her French fry monologue. I said, good for you, Queen. You enjoy those French fries in prison. <laughs> I did too. I was like, strangely, the most body positive thing a comic book has ever yeah. done. I said, good for you. Eat it's those just French her fries being with, like... your, with your girls out. Proud of you. <laughs> She got her chi-chis out killing planets. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. Queen. I'm, I'm clinging to her. She's my love one source of estrogen in this book. Look. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd kill a world too. Fuck it. Especially <laughs> surrounded it. by these numbskulls. I'd when- totally convince a group of men to blow up some planets. Yeah. yeah. When if T'Challa- that's I kill a Saturday, let's do it. Yeah. When T'Challa speaks English... And Black Swan says, oh, it's one of those planets. I was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's speaking Sumerian. <laughs> she's just uh, like, oh, colonization. Come here, said, white uh, manifold. Let's go. <laughs> she says, Queen. everyone on my Queen planet <laughs> is the color of marble. So, yeah. There you got oh, the monochromatic man. look going. Jonathan Hickman loves nothing else if a black and white color scheme. It works. Jonathan Hickman fucks with an original character with only black and white. He's like, that's the good shit. If everyone looks like a zebra push- person, he has Jonathan zebra Hickman kids. has done his job. Zebra this kids. Yeah. How many? Like zebra kid, like that. The zebra kids and like in Kokoa era, they have like a new society that he makes up. Like it's very similar. Like very much like, oh yeah, we're going to be better than this other group of people, and then. I don't know if we're actually going to read it, but in the Ultimate Universe, he does the same thing. In Ultimate Reed Richards, the goat, he like makes his own civil. I think it's like a knock on Children of the Vault, but the Ultimate version of it. He does his own thing again, like just the same idea. Hickman just keeps doing that. I love it. And it works every time. It gets me every single time. I'm just like, hell yeah. Especially with Ultimate Reed Richards involved. I'm just like, yeah, that dude sucks. Do it, man. Do whatever you want, Reed Richards. Speaking of dudes that suck, um, can we talk about how they identity crisis Captain America? Talk about how they completely erased his mind. That was awesome. I said, get out of here, Steve. We got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> send, send the we Boy Scout home. Send, yeah, him send, back to, send the Boy Scout send home. Send him back to church. We got to <laughs> sin. I like how Tony was just like, I can't believe you're making me do this. I was like, you don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you're choosing to do this. You knew it was going to come to this for sure. Sometimes you and the boys got to send your little brother home so we can't tell mom what you're doing. Yep. 
Tony's like, if any of the girlies find out what we're doing, we're fucked. I need you to leave. <laughs> if Carol Danvers, <laughs> if Carol Danvers and her whack ass haircut find out what you're doing, Tony, <laughs> we're gonna get to Civil War two way quicker. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And this time you'll be the bad guy. <laughs> no jokes on you. It'll still be you because you're a woman, and YouTube still exists. So true. Oh, I think one of the best moments from New Avengers was when they went to the planet to blow it up with their antimatter bomb and they saw Galactus there and they were like, we have to save the planet from Galactus. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, more of the reason you to do what you're doing. <laughs> do, do your duty quicker. <laughs> These are men who look straight in the face of a deus ex machina and be like, fuck you. <laughs> Absolutely not. How dare you let me get away with this moral quandary? I need it settled now. It was such a good build, though, of the three planets that we saw destroyed, right? Black Swan destroys one, so they're not culpable. Galactus destroys one that they were going to go compromise on. Mm. And then there's the dead world, where they finally do kill a world. Even though it was empty, Mm -hmm. they did make the decision. And so you get to see this pathway of small compromises that leads to damnation. And I think it is so great to take superheroes, these monoliths of morality, these cautionary tales for Western civilization, and to say your paragons by just slightly adjusting their morality a little bit more each time are becoming the very thing they fight against. It's chilling. It makes us one of the most impactful superhero stories of the modern era, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely also think it does a better job than a lot of other stories that try to tackle this subject. Like there's a lot of stories that try to be like superheroes in real life. Would they suck? Let's find out. And then they do like a very edgy the boy story, you know. So I think it's really cool to take these heroes that we know and love and make them, you know, maybe do some unquestionable things that we would never expect them or ask them to do. And, you know, still at the end of the day, see them as heroes, but just like more valuable than we did before. So I think it's like but, definitely a line to walk that's dangerous and Hickman's able to walk that every time. And I think what he does differently than Garth Ennis did with the boys is instead of it being, if you had superpowers, you would be, a murderer you would be every evil impulse humanity's ever had that's how you would be hmm. what hickman says is you would be faced with questions that you right now with your power what the hell would you do about this yeah like it's not that they're choosing wrong it's that there's no right choice and yet there's they're choosing the option that you're like not that one <laughs> but what's the other option you know yeah like let it all be destroyed that's it's a much more clever conundrum to put superheroes in than just you could get away with it. Why don't you, you know? Yeah. Ooh, it's good. I love it. It's good. Great start to a great book. Also speaking of Hickman and uh, great books, who else cares about Dr. Doom's son as much as Jonathan Hickman apparently does. Not I love that he keeps bringing this guy back. I totally forgot. Not me. I'm a huge Doom guy. I totally forgot this motherfucker existed. <laughs> I like, totally just blanked it out. And he keeps popping up. And every time I'm just like, 
oh, you're still alive. I could have sworn you died. Like every issue he shows up, I'm like, well, he's dead now. And I just like totally blake him out. And I see him again. I'm like, oh, I guess he just didn't die. I just I just made up that memory. It's insane. I love that he keeps coming back. I hope uh, we see more of him in the future. That's one of us. <laughs> I just like that Hickman likes him. If Hickman likes him and wants that's to keep good. using him, I think that, I'm like, that's cute. I think it's cute to have like one character that you would always bring back. And that's me with like a uh, Phantom Max. If I had an opportunity to bring back one character all the time, it would be him. He's like one of my favorite X-Men. He never gets used. I don't have any stories in mind for him, but I would always just have him in the background, just like being fake French and saying something stupid. And then everyone would be like, piss off, dude, we hate you. And him being like, and running away. And me being like, this is cheap characterization for this guy. Is is he Naruto running? What is happening? Does he even know what Naruto? Never mind. We got to blow up this planet. I'm just going to copy Hickman. Because <laughs> he also loves Pants I forgot. I love, in issue one of this, you're like, dang, I can see your X-Men run right away. Yeah. Like, he's like, all right, let's pick out all my favorite X-Men girlies. All right. And this uh, X-Nilo, I mean, this is just an X-Men bad guy. But anyway, we're going to send him up to Mars. We're going to start terraforming a little bit. I was like, man, you're going to do this exact same thing again. But with the real toys, <laughs> once Fox gives back the rights, you can use the real toys, baby. Perfection. Perfection. Also, crazy, random side thought about Avengers. It was crazy to think that there was a, t- there was a time where there was like six Avengers books running at one time. Like there was these two books, Secret Wars or Secret uh, Avengers. And then I think Avengers World is after this. Mm-hmm. And then Uncanny Avengers is at the same time with the which is the Remender run. And then AVX was right before this. And I feel like there's another one. There's so many. It's insane. If there's movie one synergy, thing, baby. I guess so. Movie synergy. And also if there's one thing Jonathan Hickman can do, it's make whatever he cares about the most important best selling part of Marvel Comics. That's true. Good point. You know? <laughs> yeah. Do we want to move into listener questions? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, right. I'll read the first one. Avengers, who is your six hero dream team for the Avengers? Any Marvel character is okay. P.S. Love y'all. Juniper. Thanks, Juniper. Love the name. It's a good one. I've made so many Avengers teams. I... I'm going to take a second and just go onto Twitter and see if I can find them. All right. I think Spider-Woman is essential. I also think Wasp is essential. I also... Hear me out. I think it's time to bring Hank Pym out of retirement. Damn. I think that character could be fun again. If we can do some retconning to get rid of his badness, I just I think he's a lot of fun. I think we could do something cool with him. Um, and I want Captain America. I would like Hawkeye, but I don't want Hawk Guy. I don't want post Matt Fraction Hawkeye. I bring it back to Thunderbolts era, cocky ass, best at everything Hawkeye. I want him. Oh, yeah. 
and then I want Scarlet Witch. There you go. There's my Avengers. Those are those are good ones. Those are good ones. I definitely I feel like I have to agree with the Captain America, obviously. I feel like he's just a classic. The conscience, the Boy Scout, you know. Also, uh, I feel like reading this run has made me much more intrigued by Shuri's Black Panther. I want her on there. I don't know how, because she is the queen and she does what she wants, but I feel like she could be fun on there. Um, Also, I agree the Wasp. I've loved the Wasp recently in all the media I've seen. Um, Thor. Also, I love Thor. I just got to say, just looking at him, especially how he was in a little bit of the first issue of this, of the Avengers run. I was very happy about that. Also love how he talks in a different font than everybody. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That just like icing on the cake. Um, How many did I have? Four. Mm. Oh my goodness. And why am I now blanking every other single character I've ever known in my entire life? Take your time. Hmm. Who else exists? Nobody important. <laughs> Ooh, Sue Storm. Let her go on a team that could appreciate her. <laughs> yes. There you go. And Ben. But she can take Ben with her too. Say, we're, we're moving out. Us we're going to make an Avengers team that is so the Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but we'll be appreciated. Ooh. Evan, go. You still? I'm still thinking. All right. Um... So the team I really like is actually eight people, but I think mm-hmm. you won't mind because it's a team I made to center. It was actually nine, but I don't know if I want to include this person. Actually, I'll include it. So this is a nine-person team, all centered around Storm as the team leader. So number one, Storm, Scarlet Witch, Trinary, Quasar, the new one, Ben Grimm, Shang-Chi, Silhouette, which is not someone everyone knows, uh, Riri Williams, and then to top it all off, Living in anticipation. <laughs> Ultimate Jessica Drew. I'm just going to say yep. Evans. Evans can stay. Yep. <laughs> it might be the perfect team I've ever made. I'm so proud of it. I like the Shang-Chi pull. I liked yeah. him in these issues as well. He's a sick character. Shang-Chi. Especially after uh, Gene Lewin Yang's run. Oof, mm-hmm. Fantastic. Listen, I went back and I read some of those old racist issues. They're good as hell, but also the colorists, racist as hell. Yes. Also, though, the letters columns in the back, funny as hell. Being like, <laughs> hey, this is so good. If you could just <laughs> not color us banana yellow or pumpkin orange for Shang-Chi, we could really be cooking here. And Marvel keeps being like, we'll get on that right away. <laughs> it never changes. <laughs> they never get on it right away. The times before Boleyn, before Twitter... Oh, yeah, man. back when everyone was calling him Shang-Chi because no one knew how to pronounce it. Yeah. Oh, I think my only requirement is that I need a Captain Marvel on there. Whether it's Carol mm. or whether it's Monica, I need one of them. And then I all girlies. So. I would get rid be- of Scarlet Witch for Captain Marvel. Monica. Solid. So, I'm so excited for the new Avengers run. Carol's in charge. As she should be, Scarlet Witch is back. They're gonna be besties. This is this is the new this is the Avengers run where everyone remembers that Carol was actually friends with like everyone before shit hit the fan. It's like she was best friends with Tony. She was best friends with Scarlet Witch. 
let's get back to the good old days. Let's look, let's return to classic Avengers values. Let's let's do it. Is, isn't Vision on, is. isn't Vision yes, on the is. team too? Mm-hmm. I if I could add a seventh character, I would add Vision because mm. I think him and Scarlet Witch are messy, and I feel like he is secretly the heart of the Avengers team. I am so I was so in love with uh, Voodoo and Scarlet Witch, and I'm still disappointed about that today. That it just disappeared just to synergize. But I do love Vision and Scarlet Witch and their weird dynamic. I love that they're weird. The rules. I would also. Have, okay. Oh, I was gonna say I would have one of those um, new Agents of Atlas characters too because I love all of them. Whether it's Arrow or Luna Snow, I love those. They're the oh, best. Yeah, I like those characters. That's that's a good call too. I but. want post Ryan North Squirrel Girl on as well. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. She was only on one Avengers team so far. Another Avengers book that's coming up called USA Avengers. Coming up in after New Avengers, after this Hickman runs it. Mm-hmm. Never mind. You get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next question. Next question. Thank you, Juniper. Yeah, that was fun. Let's see. I can get the next one. So this next one comes from Joshua Gomez. So Avengers, the plot thickens, the players assemble, and geez, Hickman likes Mars, huh? But most importantly, how about them Carol Jess crumbs? How's it feel seeing that Carol Jess on page? And feel free to catch all and sundry up about Carol Jess here. Saludos, Joshua Gomez. Well, it's nice. See, it would be nice if Hickman did a little bit of diving on any of these characters, but I know he didn't because the first thing Captain America does is call her soldier, so obviously he doesn't know shit, and he's just going off the Wikipedia page. So you know what? Honestly, there were crumbs, but there's nothing else here, Joshua. I wish I could say there was. We need some good shit, and it's not happening here. Not the answer you're expecting, I'm sure, but it's the answer I feel passionate about, damn it. That's, that's my spiel. I'm coming and saying they had big, they were roommates energies in this. It was huge. For sure. Them, like, why, are they, why are they just hanging out together? Them Friends? and Sunspot, so. Sunspot and Cannonball is like, roommates. this is, Captain America comes up, he's like, I'm here to recruit the LGBTQ community. Would you <laughs> like to join the Avengers Initiative? And they're like, yes. Ally. <laughs> Listen, the only Ally. reason that neither one of those happened is because Marvel's cowards. You know how hard Teeny Howard had to push push just to make Rachel and Betsy happen? Imagine what they would have had to do for Carol or for um, Bobby and Sam. It would not have happened. Marvel's like, we'll put out a pride issue, but that's all we're going to give those Skittles. That's can all I we're going to do. Can I give a little hot take? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bobby and Sam are so fucking straight. It's insane. I never, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know how you read Mojoverse and said, yeah, they're fucking, no. The entire time they're like, we're going to get laid by other, like by women. The entire time, just going. They're trying really hard. I think think Hickman's trying really hard. I think he wrote Mercy like, these are the straightest characters I've ever written. I'll I'll definitely give you Jess and uh, Carol. I can see that for sure. But for Sam and Bobby, I don't know. And then we're, I don't want to spoil where Sam is going uh, or who he hooks up with, but it's definitely not Bobby later and vice versa. I'll give you that for free. All right. So that's all I'm saying is that it seemed like Hickman very specifically said, I'm going to lock this straight boy down. 
and I'll make sure he's straight for the rest of goddamn time. Through the if I'm ready, X Men. Mark my. This is Hickman, by the way. He said, "Mark my <laughs> words. If I'm ready, X Men after this Avengers run in the future, I swear to God, I'm not letting this go. <laughs> Motherfucker's straight, and he'll be married to a goddamn woman. That's what he said, not me. Hey, my hands are up. It goes up to me. You know, I'll be right that there. You know, the most- kissing all over. But I'm not Hickman. That's all I'm saying." Damn, Jonathan Hickman's a real bigot. Yeah, I gotta say. That was, he went real hard. What's so fun, though, in New Mutants is then how much Beto hates everything that's going on with Sam. Like, it's clear that he's jealous in those X-Men issues of what's going on. I I feel like there's queer subtext. That's just me, though. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm looking for some text. (laughs) <laughs> There's a difference between queer subjects and the fact that Carol is literally Jessica's baby's dad. She's she's yeah. the baby daddy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. Jessica yes. Drew is so special in my heart. I don't know if I bring that up on this show very often. I love Spider-Woman. Everything mm-hmm. she has ever been in, love. Love her. Love. I need to read her the Dennis Hopeless and Javier Rodriguez run. Of it's her. so good. It mm. came out while I was a missionary, so I never got to read it. <laughs> but I really want to read it. It's okay. Sure. It's the it's the run that all the um the soy boys on YouTube would be like, you y'all hate this because it's all about woman power and it's so gross and so woke. But that just me that's just slang fruit. This is a good comic, actually. Yeah. I mean if you know me, you know that I'm a huge fan of those kind of YouTubers. They they mm-hmm. mean a lot to me. Oh yeah, of course. Natural. I mean, I'm, I wasn't going to assume anything, but you know, yeah, checks out. Like, like I know your search history, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Soy boy comics to avoid, and then that's just the programming for the comics collective. <laughs> We're doing great. We're really feeding the algorithm. <laughs> Lex, do you want to read the next one? Of course. All right. So it says, question for Hickman Avengers. Hello, Collective. Excited to hear you dive into what is probably one of the most discussed comic book runs of the 2010s. I'm also planning out what I want to ask for each part as you make your way through this monster of a run. Thanks. That's appreciated. Um, Hickman's Avengers started at an interesting time for superhero media, really rocketing into the mainstream. This The year before the first issue's release saw Avengers coming out into theaters, and in June of that same year, Man of Steel came out. What interests me is that while the movies and TV of that superhero boom have been reevaluated, looking at the way they portray the U.S. military, the levels of collateral damage involved, and other political implications, this era of Avengers comics doesn't get to doesn't get that kind of criticism. But oh, so I put it. To you, what are your thoughts on the Avengers machine operating globally, close, closely collaborating with S.H.I.E.L.D. and having a more militarized style of doing things in general? Thanks, as always, Kurt. Very interesting. So the Avengers are cops is what I'm getting. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know, Kurt. It's hard for this specific section that we read because i don't think we get to see the ramifications of a lot that's happened with that until we get a little further into the run 
So for right now, all we've really seen is that they built a team and we haven't seen exactly what that means for, for Earth yet. I don't think we've gotten the, the proper context to answer this thoroughly. The only thing I would add is kind of what I said earlier in the show, that it's very interesting to place Hyperion on this team Mm -hmm. because it seems like what you're bringing up, Kurt, seems to be the question at the core of what Hickman is doing. So if I'm reading it correctly, it seems Jonathan Hickman is aware of what you're saying and writing to show how it doesn't work, whereas those movies show how it does work. And therefore, that's where the critique comes in. You know, the movies are like Captain Marvel sure is part of the Air Force. And that's what makes her such a good superhero. And so that's why when you read that, you're like, well, that that doesn't feel right. And then in this, you have this Avengers team being set up like we're going to be a world militaristic power. And the course of this run is that failing. So I, I think that might be why this isn't being swept into a lot of the same critiques that you're talking about with the MCU. And to be clear, I do not believe that about Captain Marvel. I just, I think that was some of the thesis of that movie. And the only thing I would add is that um, I think Mav Seal is a good movie and I think it deserves more flowers than what it gets. You know, it's a solid, like, okay, like a seven to eight out of 10 movie. It's a lot of fun, you know, and uh, Zack Snyder has a very good eye for action scenes. And you're, so. you're writhing over there. No, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's fine. She's going to quit this podcast. We don't get it together. <laughs> what? Oh, I can't like Man of Steel now? Oh, jeez. Women nowadays can't take a goddamn opinion. <laughs> yes. Evan, you got me. That was clearly that was clearly, clearly what I was upset about. Yes. I'm, I'd like to Clocked. apologize to all the Snyder bros out there. Man of Steel should have been four hours. I tell you what. Um, and in black and white and a 4-3 ratio. <laughs> Yes. And Superman should have cut Zod's head off. That's the only thing that movie was really missing. Listen, all right, let's talk about it real quick. Man of Steel, the only problem with the Zod death scene isn't that he did it, which, you know, we can argue back and forth about that. For me, at least. My issue with it 100% is that there's zero real consequences in that movie. Like, or the second movie. They don't talk about it ever again. He kills his, the last of, like, he sends the last of his like Kryptonian heritage off into the shadow realm. And then he kills the last remaining one that's in like their actual universe. He screams. And then the next thing we know, he's like happy go lucky at the daily planet. And then he's fucking Lois Lane, the second movie. And there's no like, Oh yeah, this is like deep. Like this is like really troubling him to like the core or anything. There's no like reflection or consequences from it. Rather than that, great movie. I love it. The first flight scene is one of the best superhero movies <laughs> moments of all time. Like it's just a beautiful epic scope movie. That Hans Zimmer score, Flight specifically, yeah. I have listened to that song hundreds of times. It's beautiful. It is so good. There is a great, great mash on YouTube that combines that with the original um, John Williams score. And it is beautiful. They fit together beautifully. Yeah. That rules. And do you want to talk a little bit about Captain Marvel? No, I no, no. Like I'm I, fine. I'm fine. No, no. I feel like I took a shot at your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Defend. Defend your post. Fight. Fight, Evan. I'm not fight even trying. To, I'm not trying to fight anything. And did end you hear what he said? No, that's why I'm not trying to. I'm not. I don't have a Mortal Kombat back. voice, just, but end him. I'm just here for the memes. I'm just. That's all I'm oh, doing. Oh my god! You didn't even see. <laughs> Do you see I this see text what? he just sent me? 
Dallas just sent me a text saying, LOL, Captain Marvel sucks. Uh, lol, lol, lol. He spelled out lol. I know. What, he how did he do that? He said it. He sent it in the group chat. I saw it too. You should fight him. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will. We will come back and we'll read another Captain Marvel comic at some point, and then I'll I'll get my spiel out. Actually, I'm gonna have a lot to say about Captain Marvel when we get to Infinity because Jonathan Hickman's a goddamn coward. But we'll we'll talk about that in due time. Hell's yeah! I think Carol Danvers deserves more flowers, and I think one of the most interesting things that has come out of this show was Kelly Thompson talking about how watched she is as the Captain Marvel writer because mm-hmm. of how much she has to cater to crybabies. Yeah. <laughs> so I personally think Carol should be able to do whatever the hell she wants. It's absolutely insane that you can have a book like Spider-Man where it's like everyone hates every single decision that ever happens and yet he still sells like hotcakes versus Captain Marvel who can have a great book out, but if you do one thing slightly out of place, that's it. It's tanked. It's done. Just, there's gotta be something there. There's gotta be, but you know, misogyny. Um, I I think the word is. I think my favorite thing is people saying, ha, the Captain Marvel series is ending. It's like, it made it to issue 50. What what are you talking about? In 2023, it made it to (laughs) issue 50. In 2020, those books went second printing. Like it was insane. And also it's, you know, like, literally just about every single Marvel comic has reset to a number one lately. Like yeah. Iron Man just did it. Captain America just did it. Are you going to tell me that they're failures too? Or is there a double standard here? It Don't answer that. There's a double standard here. <laughs> and thank you Crazy. for the question, Kurt. Uh, so yeah. the answer, we're, we're still getting that in the comic to like the end point. So I think we'll discuss that a little bit more in the end. Uh, in terms of the movies, I, I do think Man of Steel is very pro-military in a uh, in a very almost scary way, and the MC movies are like really hit or miss. Sometimes you get something like uh, Winter Soldier, where it seems to like have kind of a stance about authoritarian rule. And then other times you have, you know, the Avengers, where it's very much just like, yeah, we should have a big police force that shows up and you know takes care of anything. But then like you have Avengers like uh, Age of Ultron, where they're like, actually, this police force doesn't work. So it's really back and forth. It's really weird. It's like. There's no, like, I don't know if it's growth in the universe or inconsistency or, like, just corporations corporating. I have no idea. But mm-hmm. thankfully, Hickman's one solitary genius vision that will get a definitive answer for, I'm sure. Yeah, believe it or not, Jonathan Hickman solved the American industrial military complex. Yeah, he did. <laughs> With an Avengers comic. It's yeah. crazy. He just said, we have to go to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> He's very pro Elon Musk, it turns out. He's just like, we got to get to Mars one way or another. That'll solve all of our problems. And do you want to read the last question? Because it's for you. Yes, I will. I just noticed that. And I'm like, oh, boy. Okay, now on to the important questions. And what's your favorite book in the Dark Tower series? I personally think book four, Wizard and Glass, is maybe the best thing King's ever written. Also, which Dark Tower book do you think will end up being your co-host favorites once they inevitably read the series? Thanks. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Love, Andrew Goldberg. Okay, so my personal favorite, I, I have a real soft spot for The Gunslinger. It's one of the weirdest books Stephen King's ever written, and that's because he was on drugs the entire time he was writing that book. It It's short and sweet. You can finish it in like one sitting and it's just, it's got a voice unlike anything else he's ever done. And I love starting it from the beginning every time one of the best in opening lines to any book of all time i love starting that journey but i have a real soft spot for um 
the wastelands because Blaine the Mono is a character that got me into the Dark Tower because I heard about him and I'm like, there's a train that's alive and also it's slightly insane and suicidal. Okay, I I want to know what this book series is about because that sounds absolutely insane. And it is absolutely insane. I think, I don't know. I think Dallas, you're really going to like Song of Susanna because it gets... There's parts of it that get like Grant Morrison Animal Man levels of meta. Hell and yeah. you're like, okay, things are getting wacky. And it's it's right there. It's the penultimate book. It's the, the, the finale is really, really great. I wish I could read that again for the first time. I'm so stoked. I'm so torn about jumping into Dark Tower or reading it first. I've been leaning more towards it, but I'm not pot. I'm not 100% yet. Mm. yeah i'm a big fan of uh you know stephen king's the long walk uh thanks for asking andrew uh we're all big stephen king heads here you know <laughs> me and lexi also read the books we like uh mm-hmm. the characters and uh you know i really like I the do, metaphors i do for, read the books yeah vietnam and uh you know recently i've been reading you know a little bit little thing i like to call a uh, kaiju preservation society uh it's taken a long time because it's not a stephen king book and it's uh a, <laughs> every every book that's not stephen king just takes forever to read for me now because mm-hmm. stephen king is too good at what he does um but it's uh interesting at the very least and uh i kind of hate everyone in the book they <laughs> like, i recommended that book to you about like 60 pages and i'm like yeah this is gonna be great and then i got to like page 150 i'm like i i'm done oh <laughs> I, my god I, i'm trying to finish the book for you <laughs> I'm like the at a hundred. Is- I want to say I'm at like the halfway mark, and the stories are like it's an interesting story. I'm not trying to shun the writer. This is like his third book or something. I think you know it's very hard to write a full book and get See, it published and everything. I'm it's, very like it's John Scalzi. This is like his sixtieth book. Okay, John, what the fuck's wrong with you, bro? Where to write, dog? Are you serious? These characters are the most annoying, sarcastic, brain. It's like he watched a Jurassic World. It was just like, I could do that. And he made every character the most annoying fucking guy you could ever think of. You'll have a whole half a page where they're not saying anything for half a page. The progress is not moving forward at all. They're just going back and forth making jokes like, did I say that? I can't believe you did that. Like, ah, shut up. Shut up. What does the kaiju look like? It's a giant monster. What does it look like, John? Explain. Describe it in any way. This is not fucking Lovecraft, bro. I need actual details. God, he pissed me off. I'm not finishing this book. I, I'm giving up. I didn't know you. I thought you liked the book. I'm giving this up. I still playing and finished it. I was just trying to take a break. Back to Stephen King. All right, nothing gets me more annoyed than bad writing. And I'm so sorry, John. I'm sure his other books are great. He wrote 60 books, 60 books, right? People have to like them. He has to have some good shit out there. He's this is been not writing one of them. Since the 90s, he's won two Hugos. Um, really known for his like space sci-fi. Hey, stick to that, man. Stick to the space stuff. <laughs> god damn. Oh my gosh. Like, sorry, no. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna <laughs> write a book about <laughs> Sorry, but if you're gonna write a book about a kaiju, the very least you could say is like, oh yeah, it looks like Godzilla. He doesn't even do that. He's just like, I thought it was a mountain. And that's all the description you get. And, then big. It, and he's like, I was near something that's kind of an eye, but it's not. What the fuck does that mean, John? Give me something. I, I don't have the like the I'm trying here, man. I need a little bit of detail. Like it has wings. Okay, that's that's better. How many claws? Is it raggedy? Is it terrifying? Does like a spatial scope or like an ugly scope? Give me something here, bro. 
God damn. And learn to write a goddamn teenager or whatever hell they're supposed to be. I think they're supposed to be. They have doctorates. They have doctorates and they sound like idiots. I'm sorry, John. I'm also sorry to everybody that I'm getting so pissed off. I had no idea that Andy and so I was powering through it. I'm, I'm, so working, I'm still working on it. At least Jesus it's trans inclusive. I am going to. There is a non-binary character in it. So like, I respect that, John. Like you really, you're really doing the whole woke thing. That's great. We all should be striving for that, man. <laughs> I, I sound like such like a, I'm, like, I'm joking around with that, but I sound like such a goddamn misogynist this episode. It's I'm like, why am I saying it like this? I'm like, I'm, I need to make it up to Evan somehow. I did this to him. It's okay. I'm going to read Salem's Lot next, which I never read. So I'm very excited about that. Have fun. But Maybe I'll read know. it at the same time as you, because I also haven't read it. And oh, I, really? yeah. Maybe I'll read that one next instead of it. Hell so yeah, we can read it at the same it. time. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm writing it from the library, so I have to power through it because I think I have like three more weeks on it. Okay, I'll pick mine up. Sweet. It's a plan. What? Anyways, I just want to apologize real quick to John. I didn't, I shouldn't have said all that like that, man. Uh, you know, I was just, well, I'm very passionate. I'm very glad you're doing something you love and you should keep doing it. Longtime listener of the show, John. Never know. Of the Kaiju. The one time. Fame. <laughs> And what other books do you think Alexis and Evan will like best out of Dark Tower? And then we can wrap this slush puppy up. I, I'm trying to think because some of these have kind of blended together for me. I think love the gunslinger. I think Evan would like the gunslinger. I think it has the, the most Western feel. It's what's the fifth one. Lexi, I think Uh, you'd like the drawing of the three. It has it brings in all of his like um side characters and it's really really interesting like better than the gunslinger does at setting up this world I think the drawing of the three really gives you an idea for like what you're in for and it introduces some really complex if a little messed up characters and I think that you would like them. Hmm. I'm intrigued. I'm reading a lot of books right now, so I cannot open my doors to any more. Mm-hmm. I can't get you hooked on a like eight book series at the moment i'll come back no. when you're free i'm currently on a actually if you if we're being real i'm on a current 22 long book series that i'm just now realizing is 22 books long and i might cry a little bit about it wait it isn't Mistborn, is it no that was only three okay girl that one though we got to i thought you that were... offline because holy shit balls yeah. <laughs> gave it i gave it like a break today because i'm like i'm gonna let lexi Girl, for a while, and then I'm gonna hop back in. Girl, I could throw up thinking about it. We got it. We got it. <laughs> we got to talk about it. <laughs> Having a lot of fun with. I'm into that final act where it punches you in the throat. The sand yeah. blanche. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm can't. there. I am currently have working my way through like a good, not great book, and I. I like it enough that I want to finish it, but man, that Stephen King siren is calling in the distance. What book is it? It's The Adventures of Amina al-Sarafi. It just came out. It's about a pirate who retired to be a mother, and she's getting back into pirating for one last job. And I keep being like, once she's a pirate, I'm sure it's great. But I'm 150 pages into it, and she's like just getting on her boat, and mm. I'm like, "You gotta give me something, like I, you gotta give me one thing, 
please. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like a fantasy book. And there was one like demon in a prologue that I was like, oh, that's cool. And then it's just been 120 dry pages of like this character hemming and hawing about whether she's going to go be a pirate. And I was like, I can see the cover. I know you do. Like, Go be the pirate. Please. Gotcha. I, I I totally feel it. And it like it's still good. I just and I, I don't like not finishing things, you know? So like, yeah, oh. so you're like, I just need to get to the hopefully good part. Yeah. But thank you, Andrew. I think that everyone's gonna love the Dark Tower when they get there. You have no choice. After Salem's lot, I think I can start on drawing the three. It gets trippy. It gets really trippy really fast, but it's fun. Yeah. This okay. is this far off place called New York City. New York City. <laughs> New York City. Yo, quick shout out to Matt Barry. One of the funniest people on the planet. That dude's funny as hell. I definitely, in my cowboy book, there's one character that I was like, I want Matt Barry to play this character. Hell yeah. All right. Should we do end credits? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Both the girls are like, yes, please. please. <laughs> no, just kidding. The is like, I'm a muscle relaxer, so I need to go. <laughs> exactly. All right. If you like our show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter accounts at CMX Collective or our TikTok account at The Comics Collective, or you can find each of us at our personal Twitter accounts at Dallas underscore comics, at Ann Comics, and at Lexi Lou Comics. Evan, where can the people find you? You guys can find me at uh, Twitter.com at, uh, at Everbreeds Comics. You also follow me at my uh, podcast, which I co-host with Dallas Taylor here. Uh, it's Ooh. called What's Next Comic Book Podcast, where every month we go over the, well, kind of every month, every month we go over the monthly solicitations for comics that are coming out as they're announced for Marvel, DC, Boom, Image, and a bunch of other studios like that. You can also follow that podcast's Twitter at What's Next Comics, and it's also on the TikTok, where I sometimes do... Uh, you know, a little videos where I'm not forgetful or spiraling. And also, if you want to support me in a bigger way, you could also go on to Marvel Unlimited right now and go read uh, Gwenpool's Infinity Comic. It's very good. It's um, if you're into Gwenpool or not, it's a very touching uh, character moment for her, and it's a big step for uh, representation for uh, a long mistreated, I want to say, or forgotten. Uh, section of the LGBT community, the Arrow Ace community. So it's a big moment for them and for us because that means we get new types of stories to experience. So I would definitely encourage you to go check it out. It's only four issues. It's very funny. It's very cute. And I love Gwenpool. So always going to support it. Hell yeah. You're the best, Evan. We love you. I love you guys too. If, dear listener, you enjoyed the show, you liked our antics, you liked our bickering, you want... Anne and Dallas to have a Captain Marvel themed cage match. Please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And if you write down a section, we'll read it off on the show. And finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments or things that you want to see at the special Captain Marvel cage match. Do you want there to be chairs? Because I can make sure that there are chairs there and I will give him the chair. I um, want this to be a more trumped up conflict than Civil War II. Civil I want War II? two. I want two people who like Captain Marvel to get into the cage to fight about it. 
this is going to be great. Let us know if you're excited at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. And we will see you guys all next week for our issue. What you want, fool? So I want to tell them about our crazy recording schedule this month. Because this month's going to be kind of whack. So Alexis and I are going on a family trip for the last three weeks of the last two weeks of May, first week of June. So we are recording six episodes in three weeks. So this week we recorded Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and American Born Chinese. Next week we are recording Paper Girls and Danger and Other Unknown Risks. And then we are recording Judas and Hickman's Avengers Part 2 in two weeks from now. So... Our email is going to be a big grab bag. So pay attention to our socials for what is coming out when and join us for this crazy ride as we read a ton of excellent comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going to power through. It's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm nervous. It's going to be good. <laughs> I, you guys for three weeks. I have read I four of the six comics. So doing good. Damn. I have not. <laughs> I'm going to get through Paper Girls tomorrow. It's going to be great. It's really good. I read it today. It's really good. Bless. I'm so excited. Picked a good one. All right. We'll see you next week for... I think we're going to do Danger and Other Unknown Risks first. Okay. So it's not just like big, 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 and then three small ones for the Smart. last three weeks. Smart so it'll be big, small, big, small, big... Smart. Is the plan. Wonderful. This is why you're in charge. You got that the game true. plan. This is why he's the one who has access to the button that says go. <laughs> that and he's the only one that can edit. That's true. <laughs> and he knows our passwords to everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what site he uses to upload these Not things me, on. Me I don't have the password. If anything happened to Dallas tomorrow, we'd just be done. We, the podcast would be over. Sorry, folks. We have not. Love we have y'all. no backup plans. Mm-hmm. We are not Batman. Nope. <laughs> Oh, we should probably say bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.